Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to Bread and Cup. I'm Shauna. And I'm Corey. And today we do not have anything unique in our cup. We do have a unique cup. We got your work. Um, there's a little mess up, and they sent this adorable, like, old gold panning kind of tin cup. And I'm really excited to drink hot coffee in it. Also, I'm pretty sure I'm going to burn my fingers. Also, you're probably going to put it in the microwave and ruin our microwave. I will do no such thing. And it's of not the two really of us, only one of us idea. have actually. A lot of mugs look like this now. So. Well. It's the first mug in our house that looks like that. We've had ceramic mugs other than the Moscow Mule ones that our friends over at the Bonus Years gave us. That's true. That's true. In any case, so we're not drinking a unique coffee, but we are using a unique mug, and that's super exciting. And uh, also no big... For you, it's super exciting. (laughs) For me, it's... Okay, fine. Just for me. Um, But this uh, week, we are talking... We've talked last week about transition and last time about... What is it like to go through transition and our our kind of experience with transition? And um, so this week we are going to jump off of that and talk about waiting. And what is it like to be in that period of not not a lot happening, right? And again, in the midst of what we're dealing with in terms of COVID and all of those things, I think a lot of people are stuck in a position of, waiting and it can be very discouraging in a lot of ways it can yeah. be very disheartening and you feel like you should be mo- making the most of your time or your free time and i actually remembered a um i remember this when we were in college um we went to bible college back in the late 90s oh why are you telling them <laughs> we're old we know Where? it it's okay, okay. But, um, and, and I remember there was a sermon. It's one of the two, there are two sermons I remember from our, I don't remember names. It was Dr. That's crazy. Nobody remembers names. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. She's probably not alive anymore. It was in the nineties. Oh my goodness. She was only like maybe 50. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she's alive and fine in any case. We don't know though. But uh, oh, so she was a Christian, so she's alive either way. That's would true. be our theory with the Lord. So um, <laughs> we are off track today. But um, I was the sermon was a it was called being. Yes, how to be, and I think that what I really loved about it is because we're in Bible college. When Tennant, Doctor Carol Tennant. Okay, thank you, Carolyn glad, Tennant. Glad we figured that out. That's <laughs> really important. You can go look her up online. Look up her obituary. <laughs> oh my gosh, Corey. <laughs> so. Um, so she she was speaking on this idea because like in college you're busy all the time right like you you got stuff going on there's lots of things happening um, you're, you're running from class to work to get home to do homework yeah. and then you want to hang out with people and all of those things and it's so easy to get caught up in everything that's half has to be done needs yeah. to be needs to happen that you don't stop and just and sit and yeah. be. Yeah. Right. And that there's there's joy in being and there's purpose in being and there's yeah. things that we can learn as individuals, whether you're a Christian or you're not. And that and that 
moment of silence of just sitting there and letting life happen around you and soaking it in. Well, and you have, for those of you who listened to our transition episode from last week or so, we talked about how I am, like, I just seek change. I chase it. And many times in healthy ways, also not always in healthy ways, sometimes to escape things and that, Corey, you have you really I'm took, the king of being. <laughs> well. I'm good I'm at not it. Gonna, I'm not going to disagree. I know, I know what I'm good at, and that's, a, that's it. It is one of the things you're good at. But you have said to me so many times over the years, Shauna, you've got to just stop doing stuff, and you need to be okay with being. And it, it reminds – we have different language for it now, but I was actually in a meeting with um, some – church leaders earlier. And we were talking about that very thing. How do we, as an organizational structure, um, help people find um, security in their identity in Christ? So we talk about this way back in our proximity episode, but the idea that you don't abdicate who you are in your Christian walk or in that journey closer to Jesus, that Really, ideally, as image bearers, the closer we get in relationship and proximity, the more of ourselves we are. And that what comes from that is a confidence to go into situations and say, I know who I am, what I'm good at, you're good at being, and I know what I'm called to do. And that then then you have the confidence to make those choices of yes, I will do this, or no, I won't, or I'm going to invite someone in to help collaborate with me. And you you can be secure in doing that because collaboration isn't threatening because you know who you are. And ideally that person knows who they are, or you can see who they are, um, who God has made them or gifted them to be. And it just, it creates the sense of security. And I am just now in my forties figuring out what you've been saying to me since you were 19. Shawnee, you got to stop running around doing stuff. You have to be... Mainly, to I just wanted to watch something. TV, but that's okay. Okay, well... <laughs> no. But you weren't wrong, right? And I, I'm, not less, I'm not less active now. I'm sort of a pretty energetic person. But you're right that the way that I do things now and what I choose to do now is very different than what it was 20 years ago. Well, but we, we both had to walk through that, right? And so... Because a lot of times what will end up happening is um, you get very uncomfortable being mm. because nothing's happening. And we shared our story, um, a, we've shared our story before in terms of, of coming out of ministry yeah. and being kind of lost in this forest of like, what do we do next? Where do yeah. we go? But had it not been for those moments, those moments of I'm fired from a job, <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm out here. The job we just spent an enormous yeah. fortune getting you. Yeah. I felt this quote unquote calling, yeah. right? And um I thought this is what I was going to be doing. Yeah. I my dreams of what it was going to look like were sitting over here and I sat in this kind of I don't know who I am. Yeah. But without having done that, without having sat there and said, "Man, what what does life have for me? Yeah. What What did it mean when I felt called? What does it mean 
to have a calling. Yeah. What or to do, even be pastoral. Yeah. What does it mean to be a pastor? All of those things, had yeah. I been in the midst of regular ministry, or had I just jumped out of that and said, well, I got free time. I'm going to go and I'm going to start a church or I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to make something happen. I would have actually missed what God has taken us through since then. Like all of these things that have happened since then, I would have missed out on so many other opportunities, including I mean, even little things like self-improvement, things that I went through to learn new skills or or stop and think, man, what am I good at? What what could I be better at? Yeah. Um, And... Which of these things that I'm sort of passively, at least, okay, as your spouse, looking a little bit at your journey from slightly from the outside, right? You didn't always tell me what you were thinking and processing. I could observe that. that well, you, I didn't have a podcast to talk on, so well, I didn't have any words to I say. Known? I'm exactly. so grateful for this. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't um, talk. That there were times where you had this sort of bucket of things that you were pretty decent at, that you sort of enjoyed, but you weren't quite sure, like, are those things that should be, should that be my job? Is this just part of like how I do ministry? Like where this bucket of stuff I'm good at, what do I do with that? Right. And, you know, I've, I've in my own ways and in, in different ways, and I tend to always make everything scaled up times 27 and throw some glitter on it because I'm a firstborn girl like that, that it's the same process of like, I have this bucket of skills and things that I enjoy and experiences we've had do I monetize them? If I do, what does that look like? What does it mean to use these skills in a very real way? And you you reach the place in that, that there was a few of those skills um, in the early days building websites, although I don't know that you've built a website in quite some time, but videography and storytelling. And that storytelling piece was part of what you did when when you had a staff pastor position. But those things have really endured and you've you you really invested and developed those skills in all these transitions. And for you, the transitions have come and gone um, even in these periods between, um, you know, sort of when you were doing it a contract side hustle thing and then moving into your full time. And there was about a year and a half where it was sort of a little both and, and you weren't quite sure where that was going to land. And just you took the time to figure out how to do it really well. Before it was the way we paid our mortgage, it was just a side hustle, like kept the kids in target rain boots or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And and you've had the same thing, right? Like we had a discussion, we were talking about this right before this, um, going into you going back to school. Yeah. Where... I thought um, I was on one path. Yeah. I mean, it was very clear that you were going to go to this one school, go on and maybe even on a nurse, I think it was nursing at the time. No. Well, nursing was when we first met. And then no, well, I mean, but it was more it was, medical. Yeah, we were looking at um, at physical therapy, and and there was this you were you were going to do it, and there was there was a built in waiting period, right, where yeah. things were kind of getting settled, but we had about six months before you had to make any decisions and anything was going on, and we sat down, um, and. 
you had you you had applied for some of the schools, hadn't been accepted yet because it was takes a little bit of time between those things. And we had a discussion about your future at at the college. I remember that slightly in a different order. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, my memory's not that great, so it's okay. So the way I remember it is I had done the prereqs because right. having been a church music major, that does not translate well no, of into not. the health field. That I had done all these what I call bridge classes. It's taking all those hard sciences, the calculus and the biology and chem and all that stuff, so that I could begin to apply. I had applied and gotten accepted to this particular program. So I had the big fat envelope and those of you who have applied for colleges and you know what I'm talking about, the big fat envelope um, with the folder and it's like your financial aid awards and it's all the stuff and it's the timeline. Like you need to make a decision by X, Y, and Z um, to start this program. And it was going to be starting several months. You know, you get accepted in March and you start in September or whatever. And so that was it. I had made it. I had done well enough in those bridge classes that I got accepted to my school of choice. I got accepted to the program I wanted to go into. Everything was coming up Millhouse. And then you and I sat down. It was a Simpsons reference. It was. I just shrugged. You can't actually hear that on the podcast. Um, that w- then we sat down and have what we lovingly call a come to Jesus conversation of, well, Okay. Pack it in hand. We just need to send them a couple hundred bucks to secure this, and we'll be off and running. What What is this going to look like for us as a family? And it was in those moments of waiting that, yes, decisions need to be made. So technically, we're actively deciding, but at the same time, we had to sit down and go, man, what is what do we value? Yeah. I think that was the big question that we talked about. And I think that uh, because we had to make the decision of what are the things that we are willing to give up and what are the things we are unwilling to give up in the midst of all of this happening. For me to be able to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is it worth it? What does the future look like? Mm -hmm. All of those things. And I think that a lot of people go into sitting in a a state of waiting Mm -hmm. and they try to fill their time Instead of stepping back and go, man, what do I value that um, I can hold on to and that I want to make sure stays with me indefinitely? And what do I need to throw out? Because it has been a distraction to what I truly love, desire, and and who I am and who God has created me. It's tempting when you have an opportunity like, like that, especially when it's something I'd actually worked at. It was an opportunity I'd fought for. Um, sort of in the way I did my work, that um, it's tempting to just say, well, the door opened, I must go through it. And so there, for you, there, it sounds like there was this period of waiting in, in the space between when the acceptance was had and when you and I decided that this actually isn't a good idea for our family. For me, that waiting period was not difficult. It felt very active. We were we were weighing the time, the years before that had helped us decide what it, what our priorities were for our children and for our life and for our ability to gauge with our community, all these things, right? We had, we had determined in those waiting years before that what it was. For me, the brutally uncomfortable waiting 
came after I said, no, thank you. Because mm. that was the thing I was like, this is what I had, this is what I had cried in the Starbucks while studying about. This is what I had, you know, stayed, you know, sat up and we'd, you know, watch TV together for an hour and then you'd play video games and I'd go back to the table and I'd spend another hour and a half studying before bed, before getting up to the gym to train clients, before coming home to take the kids to school. Like, that's what I did that for was to get in. And I got in and then I reached the point where, well, I'm not going to, like, actually, this doesn't get me where I want to go. Crap. Where am I going? Like, what was all of that for? And it was, um, it was, I, I don't remember quite, it's like six to nine months from when I said no thank you of just like nothing. Like I had literally no idea and I had done all this work and I had no idea what came next for me. And um, that was the waiting hmm. where I think I learned what to do when waiting. Yeah, and I remember the waiting being your application before you got accepted because I knew you were going to get accepted mm -hmm. and I was concerned about it. And I was like, well, what does this mean? Yeah. And knowing I wasn't that when, sure that I was getting accepted. So maybe that's why our timelines were different. Right. And I then knowing no that your acceptance that. was coming through, I was like, what, what, what next? Like, yeah. what does this look like? And how does this yeah. play out? And what do we value? And what do we yeah. want? And so it's interesting that, you know, my waiting was beforehand, yours was after you even yeah. made the decision. So And I think I'm I'm so grateful that that we as a pair that actually that that waiting got split up because by the time I wasn't sure that that I did not feel sure that I would get accepted. And um so for me, I was just sort of very casually like, well, let's just see what they say you know, that decision might be made for us. And, and so, but you were already well on your way to being able to articulate to me so that once that acceptance came and we sat down, we're like, okay, we need to sort this. You already knew. Well, A, B, C, D, this is what we can flex on. This is what we can make happen. This is what I'm willing to, to concede. I don't know how to make this thing work, but if Shauna has a solution, then I think we should do it. Yeah. And, and so what I felt from you once that acceptance came was that you were like, babe, we can make this work. Like you had already thought through, like, these are going to be the pitfalls, but I'm pretty sure we, I just need, like, let's talk about these couple things. And I wasn't that far along. And so for me, sitting down to have that conversation helped me know, oh, I know who we are as a family. I thought I knew who I was supposed to be when I grew up. I'm not sure of that part of it, but I know who we are as a family and I'm not going to make a decision that disrupts that because if I lose that, it doesn't matter what job I have. I will never be content. And I think ultimately that's the, um, as we talk about like how important waiting is, it's also important to remember that what happens when you force yourself to do something, when you force yeah. yourself into a situation and you know, I have many stories of, I mean, we talked, we talked about ministry stuff that that has happened, but I even well, that have second position we had, right? Yeah. Shoehorned ourselves in there. I got to make it happen. I'm, yep. this is who I am. But I also did that later on where I had a job and it was not going well. Um, it was with an organization. It was, 
I could tell that my time was ending. Mm. And instead of just resting, I got offered another job. And it was a good opportunity. It wasn't a bad thing, but I jumped right into it. And um, I remember actually on that job sending they had said hey well we should hire you and then i said okay i put in my two weeks notice i remember telling the person that i had put in my two weeks notice and gave them my last day like a couple weeks before they expected it to happen so they thought i was going to be done at the end of the month i was like i'm out of here and so i didn't want to wait and it, it wasn't a bad situation but that i was only at that job for six months yeah and it was because I was not comfortable being in limbo, being in a place where um, I was not fully fulfilled. Mm. I was not fully who I am or any of those things. Yeah. And realizing that a lot of times those, th- those are just moments in time. Yeah. And I know of a lot of people that, man, they just go out and they're always on to the next thing. And we've all got friends. I, I know of people that like they're starting a new business. They're doing this thing over here. They they're moving to this job over here. Yeah. And they have a lot I always envy those that like move all over the country. Well, yes. Every two years they're moving. I'm like, that's so neat. But but there's a discontentedness that happens in that. Sure. Where you don't you don't take the time to sit back and figure out who you are in the yeah. midst of that. And what what are the elements of what you're doing that make you content, yeah. that make you happy, that bring you joy, yeah. that, again, what we've always talked about, like who you are yeah. and how God sees you, yeah. you miss that because you're so busy doing the things instead of being the person that God yeah. has called you to be or created well, and you to be. For, you know, you and I have sort of, obviously similar experience, but slightly different because you have been full-time out in the regular workforce. And I've been sort of a mix of full-time for a while and full-time after our first was born, but then um, stay-at-home mom with part-time work and some of it in the home, a lot of it in the home, few things less in the home. But so for me, that um, the, the tension of like how am I getting fulfilled? For me, I learned that I had to say, not just does this, does this job fulfill me? And we've had this discussion too, as you've navigated into new positions, but like, how does what I'm committing my time to, how does it get us to where we are going? Because it can't, I mean, and that was the decision that we made when we said, no, thank you. It was could it get me into a job that I would be successful at? Yes. But there are all these other values, right? So right. It, it isn't about find the job that is your bliss. It's what kind of life are you wanting to live? Who are you supposed to be in all the ways that you are you? You show up lots of different places. And if you choose, um, if you choose to function in a way that disrupts your ability to be yourself someplace else, whether that be you're in a dating relationship that is causing harm to your commitments, you know, in the community or in your job or whatever that is. And there are times where I, spoiler alert, I did end up getting into a different program and found a a different take on what I thought I was going to be doing. One that was far more, 
actually who I am. Um, and that was wonderful. But that was wonderful because it wasn't just like, is this a skill set that I can possess? But is it a skill set that maximizes who I am and lets me be who I am everywhere I go? Right. And I think that, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said um, about jobs, because I think a lot of times people associate, I remember there was a movement about five years ago. Um, I will say a movement. It wasn't really a movement. But there was a lot of things where everybody was going on the internet, writing blogs about how you should Starting find your podcasts. dream job. <laughs> start you should be, start your only take your dream job you know yeah. and like do what do what you want to do if you're if you're not happy in your career leave your career start over yeah and and go 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 yep and move 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 towards happiness and what people fail to remember is that happiness does not necessarily come out of your job and out of your yeah. career and out of these other things. A lot of times it comes out of other things that are happening in your yeah. life. And until you stop and think about it, um, and also it's incredibly naive to think that we're all going to just do dream jobs, right? And right. Nobody's dream job is to clean the toilets, but they must be done. Yeah. And right now it's our kids' jobs and it's great, right? Yeah. But But they don't find joy in it. But they find joy in other things. And so you, you have to evaluate. Like additional media time. Exactly. Cleaning toilets earns them. Right. Yeah. But you have to evaluate in your life where, what joy do you want and where does that joy come from? Yeah. What, where do you find these things and how do you invest in those fully? Yeah. Um, and and sometimes that can come from a job. For some people, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. For some people, that's what, what you're going to be fulfilled. But some people, you need to work a nine-to-five job to pay the bills, and then you're going to find something else and come home and do something else or go somewhere yep. that is going to be that thing that that gives you value. Well, and for me, it comes back to, and, and this might just be because of sort of how I'm wired. A, a, a friend of ours and, and a leader in her life does the Berkman stuff, and so she was kind enough to do my Berkman. And one of the things that that test brought up was that I need to operate in more than one sphere. Me as a human, I, I do my best when I, when I have a couple different kettles in the fire, pots in the fire. I, it's I not a saying, but we can go with it. Okay. That I have, I have multiple things going at Irons once. Irons in the fire? Irons in the fire. That's what I was trying to think of. You can Thank put you. a kettle in there if you I want. I can put a kettle in the fire, I suppose. Hey, cast iron cornbread. Oh, right? So good. Um, that was random. It was random, but that would be tasty. Uh, that, that I operate best that way. So for me, my dream job, and, and we're sort of working towards this, is I'm, I'm good at this sort of sphere of things. And I get to apply that in three different arenas. And so each way that I use it is slightly different, um, but it's, this, it's the same underlying skill set that I get to use in a couple different ways. And for me, that, that dream is not a particular job. It's the ability to have um, variance in how I apply this skill set and that I have flexibility in my day. I love owning my own schedule. And that doesn't mean I don't have commitments every day. I do, and I have deadlines. But I seem to operate really well when I own my time, which means that it would be challenging for me, at least at this phase of life, 
to go get a standard nine to five. But for other people, that's their best place because they want to be able, they're artists and they want to be able to like do their crochet side hustle. And you can't make enough money on your crochet side hustle to pay the bills. But it lets them do that. And, it's, right. and that's what I mean when, I, when we talk about finding out who you are and how you can be yourself wherever you go. That you and I, um, through a lot of trial and error and a lot of periods of long waiting, and I'm so impatient. I just want the change to come right now. Right. Which I think just means that... Which means I think it drags it out longer for us, so thank you right? for that. Right? <laughs> I know. I mean, we do not believe in a punitive God, but every once in a while, I think he has a pretty wicked sense of humor. And he'll be like, Sean is being real impatient. Sean is being hella impatient. Let's just slow that down. We're just going to stretch it out a little longer for her sake. Um, but through all of those, I have learned that we as a collective function really well. Um, and we can operate in our best versions of ourselves, um, in this way. And, and so that would be our encouragement to all of you that if you find yourself in the waiting, if your college is not going back in person, if you are young enough to be in that place, or if you're an adult going back, um, or if your job has been furloughed. Right? Yeah. That this is not, we are not going to tell you this is the chance for you to seize the day and organize your linen closet and lose that last 15 pounds. And I mean, if you want to. I mean, you can do those things. We, we did a couple house remodels. We're not hating on it. I am. Oh, it's change. It's controllable change, and I don't make you move. But you had so this discussion win. with our, daughter, our oldest daughter about this idea because she is going into her senior year. Yeah. She is dealing with what she thought was going to be her grand senior year. She's going to do all these things. She's going to do, she's going to be in dance. She's going to be doing theater and choir and maybe do some college courses. But most of her time, I mean, she's still going to be in high school and doing all those things that you do senior year and it's gone. It's not going to happen. She also, you know, had a medical injury on her knee and so not dancing either. So everything literally has changed. Yeah. And you had to have the discussion with her of what do you do with this now? Yeah. And we landed, the short answers we landed on, develop your character. Figure out who you are and how to consistently be who you are. Because we've had, through many, many years of, of leading and serving and, and whatnot, we've had the opportunity to see very young leaders be given platforms. And when young, busy leaders are given platforms, it's all often because um, they, are, they are shiny and they say the right things and they're enthusiastic and they look good on stage. And when there isn't time to develop character, there often ends up being um, a, a burnout or a long period of, of sort of lagging and failing. Hmm. And that what I said to her is, I would much rather have for my daughter have you go unnoticed at 17 and end up with a rock-solid character in ministry and adulting. Because if you take this year to figure out who you really are, what are you actually good at? And I don't mean like, I'm going to win awards, but like, who? what is the most you version of you? What's the closest you can get to you right now in this time? 
and be secure in that. If you can be secure on that at 18 years old exiting high school, you are light years ahead of your peers. And it's not a race, but it sure as heck will save you some heartache. Know who you are. Be secure in that. You don't need to be competitive. You don't need to be kicking down doors. You don't need to be demanding opportunity. Be who you are and show up as you are. And you will be able to grow and do things um, in a way that would not have been possible if you just ran at things, hoping to survive on your smile and talent. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I don't have one, but like it really is this, well, you know the little car that you like, like kind of get going like ring, 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 and then you yeah. let him go and then it gets the engine yeah. going? It's the same idea. When we're, in, when we're in a state of being, a lot of times people just want to get the car moving, right? Well, yeah. as long as you're moving that car down the road, you're, you're progressing. Yeah. But, but you make a lot more headway is if you sit back and you get the motor going and rev it up and give, and becomes what it is meant to be, which is yep. moving. And then when it's that time to go, yeah. the energy is built up and you're off and you're yep. passing everybody that, that decided to just go sputter, putter along at a slower pace and yep. not make it the whole way. That's and, my terrible analogy, but yeah. that's what I was And we're going. mixing all sorts of advices, right? Like there is something to be said of just one foot in front of the other. Like you don't, you don't need to do everything at rocket speed. It, it is actually okay to make slow progress and, you know, give yourself grace for, uh, so all of those things are true. But underneath that, when you find yourself feeling stuck in the waiting, that's what we're talking about. When you feel stuck in the waiting, when you're me, what is it, 12 years ago and, and, or 10 years ago, and I'm like, wow, I worked really hard to get accepted and I'm not going to turn them down because it doesn't actually, like it would not let me be who I meant to be everywhere I go. Definitely some un-Jesus words were thrown around like, crap, what am I going to do now? It wasn't crap. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't much different. In that waiting is where, where God showed me who, who and what I could be. Things about myself that had been true of me all along that I didn't realize were true. Things that to me felt like, well, of course I do that. That's what, a, that's what I do or that's what a leader does. And that was the moment where, where we were able to take that and say, no, that's not just something you do by default. That's a core gift. That is a core characteristic of who you are. How about we just do that, okay? Right. But it took... It took that long period of very frustrated waiting and character development um, for me to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So in the waiting. I'm just waiting. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's really good. I think it's something that, um, again, I think a lot of people are sitting in it right now. Yeah. Um, and we're out of control. And I think a little bit about, of what sucks about waiting is not being in control mm -hmm. of something Yeah. and just being like, there's a, there's a trust element of like, is this going to work out? And just yeah. trusting that, yeah, it is. Yep. It's going to look different. It's going to look, yep. but it's going to be good. Yep. So. so that's what we're hoping for you guys while you're in the waiting, it's going to work out, work on who you are and being who you are. And feel free to share your stories. We'd love to hear um, what you're waiting on or how you've come through that. You can 
always find us at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We like Instagram. Find us there. Uh, you can also find us on the internet at breadandcuppodcast.com. Love to hear your stories. Until next time. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.